Sing Second Nation. Welcome to a recap reaction show. Uh, we just finished the Nebraska Georgia Southern game. Uh, that was a doozy to say the least. Um, I meant to have a week one recap and a preview for week two this week, but uh, I was a little under the weather. And by a little, I mean a lot where I didn't even want to think about football. And so uh, I didn't get done. So this episode is going to be all over the place talking about a little bit of week one, a whole lot of week two, and then we may have to save some of maybe the most uh, intriguing topics for another podcast uh, because since we last spoke, they changed the format, uh, potentially the 2026 um, playoff to 12 teams from four teams. Um, but there's rumors that that could happen even sooner. And so um, definitely a lot going on here at the, in the first half of the season. This might have been the best 10-day stretch of college football uh, that we've had in a long time, uh, whether it was week one, moving into Sunday of week one, into early games of week two. And so to start it off, maybe the worst game of week one, uh, <coughs> highly ranked Georgia hosted highly ranked Oregon um, in, in the Chick-fil-A kickoff classic and Georgia put a beat down on Oregon did whatever they wanted. And so Georgia really showing that maybe they will repeat. And again, we talked last week about how, I guess two weeks ago, uh, how Georgia's schedule really gives them a, a good way to that SEC title game. Second game to talk about, North Carolina at Appalachian State. North Carolina uh, was down the number one receiver, but still had 28 points at halftime. Uh, and then they scored like 60 points in the fourth quarter alone. And North Carolina edged Appalachian State 63-61, maybe uh, game of the year candidate until this week, but game of the year candidate on the opening weekend. And that brings us to today, September 10th, 2022. Appalachian State went on the road to Texas A&M, went to the – to the 12th man, <clears throat> and they took down Texas A&M. Now, in doing so, they had a unique, a unique stat. Now, not too many teams get the chance to play top 10 teams. You have to be in the SEC. You have to be a small school and willing to get, get your, your head beat in by the top dogs um, and usually that doesn't, you're not even guaranteed a top 10 team. But Appalachian State has two top, ten, uh, top 10 wins in the last 15 years. 2007, they beat Michigan um, at Michigan on a blocked field goal. Tonight, they beat Texas A&M on a missed field goal. And so Appalachian State definitely looks like they're representing the fun belt that has pretty darn good football. Third game on the list to talk about, Ohio State-Notre Dame, both top five matchups, two and five, three and five, depending on the poll you're, you're looking at. And, you know, the final score ended up being 21 to 10, but Marcus Freeman in his uh, opening coaching debut looked pretty good defensively. They held a pretty dynamic Ohio State offense in check. You know their offense was going to be um, a little, 
a little on the uh, iffy mark because they, they're replacing a quarterback. They're replacing a running back. Uh, running back Kyron Williams is in the NFL. Um, anytime you're breaking in a new quarterback, it could be better, <coughs> obviously, but there's going to be some growing pains. And to open up against a Ohio State team that's a lot of people are putting in the national title picture in, in that national title game, you know, that's a tough way to open up for a new quarterback. And to lose 21 to 10, they looked good. But today, they hosted a fun belt team. And you know, maybe asking, you know, why is he he referring to the Sun Belt as the Fun Belt? Well, if you go back about four episodes, five episodes now, we broke down the teams of the Sun Belt. Teams like Appalachian State, Marshall, Georgia Southern, too soon. Um, But this is a good league. Coastal Carolina is in that league. Eh? Good league with good football. Marshall beat Notre Dame today. Pick six. Good defense against the offense still trying to figure out who it is. <clears throat> Notre Dame 0 and 2. Top five team 0 and 2. Not a good look. Not a good look. Fourth game, Sunday matchup. LSU and Florida State in New Orleans. And this one was back and forth. Last five minutes of the fourth quarter, it looked like LSU was going to win. And then they gave it away. And then it looked like Florida State was going to win. And then they gave it away. And then LSU drove and scored a touchdown. But missed the extra point to lose. And so Florida State escapes with a victory <coughs> in a in a great game. Again, it almost maybe topped UNC and Appalachian State just because of name value. But what a game on a Sunday evening before NFL Sunday started. Now that starts tomorrow. So for a lot of people, uh, college football is great, but the real stuff starts tomorrow. Or if you're listening to this on Sunday, today. Or if you listen to it on Monday, yesterday. But uh, the fifth game happened tonight, <coughs> and Kentucky went to the swamp and played Florida. Now, uh, I've referred to Kentucky the last few times as not just a basketball school because Mark Stoops, has done his best to put Kentucky football on the map. And it's not just a basketball school. And he's made that reference a few times this offseason. And I always find that funny Um, because every year he's been there, they've won like eight games and he has this cool clause in his contract that every time he reaches the eight game marker, he gets another year added on. And so he may be coaching at Kentucky for life at this point because he's put on a pretty good run of of Kentucky Wildcat football season. Now they beat them in a pretty close game tonight, uh, being by 10, (laughs) even with a couple of of mistakes that cost some points. And so to do that shows you you play pretty good defense and you you can move the ball. And so uh, they've beaten Florida now twice in a row for the first time since 1976 and 1977. So a lot of SEC football has been played between uh, 77 and 2022. And so it's quite the accomplishment for Mark Stoops and his staff to go into Florida, who was a a rival, and knock them off twice in a row. Number six, now we're going to start getting into maybe some of the the academies, the sing seconds, if you would. Uh, Today, 
Air Force hosted Colorado for the first time in a long time. For this being a rivalry that some are calling it, um, Colorado doesn't play Air Force. For the longest time, they were too good. Air Force is a Mountain West team. They can play Colorado State. That's their rivalry. We're we're big brother. We don't play. We'll just be above them and play in the Big 12 or Big 8 or Pac-12. Air Force took it to them. Uh, first drive of the game, Colorado fumbled it on an on exchange, just fumbled it. Air Force on their first play, and the very next play, scored a touchdown, and then that's how it went. It was 20 to 10 at halftime. It ended up 41 to 10. Um, Air Force looks like it may be winning the Commander in Chief trophy. The second academy that I'm going to talk about today Army and UTSA. Now, UTSA last year was pretty big, pretty big time because uh, they went 11 and 1 in the regular season, 12 and 1, won the Conference USA championship, um, and then I think won their bowl game even. And so had a huge season. Their head coach, Jeff Trailer got a huge extension, um, very big on the Texas high school scene. And so um, doing things the right way in the old roadrunner country. And that's kind of what happened in this game. There's roadrunner all over the place. Boom, boom, touchdown here, touchdown there. Oh, this team's up two scores. Well, they gave up two scores the next two drives. And so um, it was pretty unique because at halftime, Army had 227 yards passing with multiple touchdown passes. And they ended up with like 290 yards passing. And so the old Air Raid Army, which you don't hear us talk about very often, uh, decided that they even were going to throw a touchdown pass with a minute left down six or down seven. And so it was a great game to watch. It was one of the better early games, and the other one we'll get to here in a minute. But UTSA, second straight, second straight week where they went into OT. <clears throat> and last week they played twenty-third, twenty-fifth ranked Houston and lost in triple overtime to Houston. And so uh, you know UTSA was gonna be ready in that situation because they'd already faced it week one. And they came out, <clears throat> held Army to a field goal in the first overtime, and punched it in. Uh, went right down the field and scored to, to be Army. And so UTSA is 1-1, one and one, Army 0-2. Oh <clears throat> maybe the game of the day, maybe easily the game of the day, uh, a big noon kickoff on Fox. Bama favored by 20, number one, versus Texas. First challenge is, is Texas really back? They looked the part on offense, combination of Worley out wide, Quentin Ewers at quarterback, and Bijan Robinson at running back looked explosive in Steve Sarkeesian's offense. And then he got hurt. Quentin Ewers got hurt. He got driven into the ground, bruised his clavicle on on his non-throwing arm, luckily. And the Texas offense took a step back for a little while. Hudson Carr came in, who was the starter last year. They didn't quite have the same reins that Quentin Ewers did. And Texas's offense kind of stammered for a little while. But then they went into halftime tied 10-10. And on Alabama's side, other than <clears throat> their running back transfer from 
Oh, shoot. Their running back transfer from Georgia Tech, Gibbs. Their offense didn't look explosive at all. Texas was able to bottle them in until the to the fourth quarter when Holden started to step up out wide and then <clears throat> started to move the ball. Run the ball was e- easier because they had a weapon outside that wasn't Gibbs at the running back position. So Texas scores. or kicks a field goal to take the lead with a minute and a half left. But Bama does Bama late. They were freaking out. Ton of penalties. But somehow overcame it for, for a victory at, at Texas. And so Texas was fun to watch. They may may win the Big 12 if Quentin Ewers is able to get back to his, the level he played at today. Eighth game on the list. We've already talked about seven. Woof. Eighth game on the list. Um, another upset. Again, this might be the best week of college football. Sunday through Saturday, Saturday through Saturday, with all the drama, the trillions of points people are putting up. But uh, Washington State didn't look very good last week against Idaho. Um, Idaho only lost by seven, and they're a decent FCS program now. But going into Wisconsin, Badger country, it's a tough place to play. They jump around, I hear. They beat Wisconsin. And Washington State doesn't have Mike Leach where they're putting up 60 points. It was 24-17. Wisconsin falls. Then maybe even a worse Big Ten West opponent. Yeah, Iowa Hawkeyes this year. 0-2. 1-2. 1-1. One and one. Today they played Iowa State. Rival Iowa State. I haven't lost to Iowa State in eight years. It was a downpour. That's been the issue with a lot of these games. It was downpour. It seemed like across the country, except in Austin. Austin is like 110, but it was raining whether you're in the southeast, in the Midwest. I mean, and it wasn't just sprinkles. It was torrential rain. Kansas State had to take a <clears throat> lightning delay in the middle of their first half. So uh, Iowa scored a touchdown, had two pump blocks. Iowa State kicked a field goal, scored a touchdown late on a 99-yard drive, and won 10-7. to Petrus is struggling at that quarterback. I know that's kind of a, a common theme. If Iowa – once any reprieve for its defense, who's given up 13 points in two games, they, they need to figure something out uh, because giving up 10 points and losing to Iowa State and beating South Dakota State, FCS number two, South Dakota State, so they're a, a quality program, seven to three, where your seven points are two safeties and a field goal. And it was three to three at halftime against FCS number two, South Dakota state and your big 10 West hopeful champion, Iowa. Spell some danger, spell some maybe panic button time. And so uh, that kind of brings up the whole idea of this whole parody in college football, which we didn't have for a long time. Georgia, Alabama, SEC Championship, National Championship. We've seen Alabama-LSU, National Championship, SEC Championship. 
Ohio State, Michigan, always seem to be at the top. We see Clemson, Alabama, like six years in a row. Ohio State, Clemson, six years in a row. But the string of upsets today, FCS teams are beating group of five teams now, left and right. James Madison, who I'd even put on my list, first game as an FBS team, beat Middle Tennessee State 44-7. to Then today, Middle Tennessee State beat Colorado State pretty handily. And so the FCS has a lot of talent. The group of five, the fun belt. Pretty good football. Georgia Southern tonight just beat Nebraska 42-45 in an offense that threw for 415 yards and ran for another 280 on a Nebraska defense that I don't know what that they need to do to be better. Uh, Then the power five, obviously, beating up on each other. SEC competition already happened. Northwestern beat Nebraska, then lost to Dukes today, who Dukes better, but they're not top of the ACC better. And so it's it's real interesting to figure out where all these puzzle pieces are going. But there's one bright spot that I want to end you with because I don't want to talk about the Huskers tonight. And on a bright spot. Because for the first time since 2011, Kansas is 2-0. Yes, the Jayhawks. Yes, I'm a bandwagon Jayhawker because my wife's family all are Jayhawks. And so... I really like Lance Leipold, and I've said that since the day he was hired. He was great at Buffalo. He was great at Wisconsin-Whitewater. He builds programs, and last year they knocked Texas off in in overtime, and last week they played Tennessee Tech and did what they were supposed to, 63-0 or 63-3 or whatever it was. Um, last year they had a top or this year they had a top 25 transfer recruiting class and those guys are panning out and I think that's huge because <clears throat> they went into Morgantown and Morgantown you know obviously isn't a great football town they care about their Mountaineers because that's what West Virginia and especially in Morgantown cares about yes they may be more of a basketball school but there's a lot of history in, in that West Virginia um, <clears throat> football program. And they just came off a hard-fought loss to, to Pitt in a rivalry game that just re-sparked. And so there's a lot of pride around that that program right now. And Neil Brown is struggling, and he and he's taking ownership in it as he even addressed the, the Mountaineer Nation that the loss that they had against Pitt wouldn't – happen again and it, it hurts you could see them hurt and that they're getting better but KU went into Morgantown it's not an easy place to get to we were across the country had to drive probably into Morgantown from Virginia DC who knows at that point Pittsburgh maybe who knows <clears throat> and came away in overtime had a pick six to, to walk it off so it wasn't even just a uh, a seven-point win. It was a 13-point win. And so uh, KU 2-0 for the first time in, since 2011. Over-under was three, two-and-a-half, I think. So they're already halfway there, and they've knocked off a, a road opponent. 
two road wins since 2018 or something like that too. So uh, just fun times to look ahead because KU's 2-0, K-State's 2-0 with a win over Missouri today. Uh, there's a lot of bright spots in, the, in a crazy, crazy week of football. This week the plan is to get back to that uh, preview, the top five games that are coming up in week three. Oklahoma, Nebraska. Oklahoma, Nebraska. Maybe there's hope out there that they'll be singing second. <laughs>